Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So today I wanted to touch on exercises I don't recommend part 2, as you probably know from the title suggests. So, enjoyed making the first episode, just basically depicting the movements and picking out points why it might potentially be a poor movement because I'm not just shitting on movements and shitting on the movements that people do, I'm trying to give some value along with it and help you have that thought process to determine is this movement good, is it not good and be able to know why Yeah, and it also got a good response as well so I thought you'd enjoy another one. So uh, starting off quick update on myself, I'm now 12 or 13 pounds down in my dieting phase now or in my competition prep, everything's went pretty smoothly so far, I am feeling a bit tired today but I think that's more from needing a break from training as it's been a long while since I've backed off a bit or took a deload uh, but yeah, I'm feeling a bit hungry this morning especially as well, but uh, nothing I can't deal with, uh, which I hope because I've still got a lot of weeks to go, around about 16 weeks to go. So, jumping into the episode, the first movement I'm going to touch on is a dumbbell press with the dumbbells together. So, most people do this, I believe, to target their chest so you'll you'll probably see like they're they're holding the handles of the dumbbells but they're putting the dumbbells together and it's like some sort of like dumbbell press but with a close grip and this is not going to be putting you in a good position to train your chest because there's not much load on the chest when you are putting the dumbbells together there is more load on the triceps and the front of your shoulders and the reason being is to put tension on our our chest we want the dumbbells outside of shoulder width because when it is narrowing in shoulder width our joints are like stacked if that makes sense meaning we're not going to target our chest well we want the dumbbell basically just outside in line with our shoulder or more than that basically but when it's above our shoulder or inwards we've not got tension on our chest so that's why I don't think it's a great movement to do. So a good alternative could simply be a dumbbell press. So in terms of uh, why people may think it is a movement that feels great on their chest or they might feel it is because when your chest is fully squeezed, fully contracted, is when your bicep is jamming into the side of your chest or when your elbow is over your shoulder nice and close to your body if that makes sense. Think about a top of a chest fly machine or a top of a dumbbell fly. You're in this position and the reason why you feel a good squeeze is because the muscle shortened or fully contracted. So yes it feels like that but it's not got a lot of weight on it. The only weight we're going to be using is the tension we're creating to keep our keep the dumbbells together. Uh, that's the only tension our chest will be getting used from. So I think it, it's probably a better idea if you're wanting to get that squeeze to train your muscle in that position, your chest in that position, to do instead like a chest fly, that sort of thing. As again, this will work your tricep and the front of your shoulder. If you're doing it to work it, fair enough, uh, each to their own, but I just don't think it's a good movement for your chest, like I said. And uh, probably not the best alignment, you could say, so it doesn't align with your joints well to put them in a nice safe position. And uh, next up, front delt raises. So by delt, I mean shoulder. Uh, if you didn't quite grasp that, or if you're not quite aware, which is understandable, but 
front delt raises are the movement where you basically this this stands for anything with like an easy bar dumbbells a barbell just basically when you're raising the dumbbell or whatever you're using out in front of you and the reason why i'm not a big fan of that is because our front delts get stimulated enough during our pressing movement so when we're doing things like a flat press or a high incline press or a shoulder press or a tricep focus movement we'll be working our front delts it's like you can't remove your front delts from the movement no matter how good your form is and of course a shoulder press you'll probably be doing that for your shoulders uh, so yeah i think they get stimulated enough during these movements a good example wise i've never went and seen someone and be like oh they've got weak front delts or oh their front delts need improved uh, you never really see that you could argue you could potentially do more side delts that could potentially have an impact but i never see someone and think right they've got weak shoulders or the front of their shoulders is weak and for those that don't know the front of your delt is just basically as the name suggests the front of your delt uh the bit that is facing forward whereas the side delt it will basically be the part of your delt that goes outwards if you're standing like front on and that will give you appearance that like you look wider that sort of thing so yeah i'm talking about your front delt here so yeah don't really think it's necessary to train them and uh, if so if you are going to train them probably fire it at the end of your session just because you don't want it to be taken away from those pressing movements because they are going to have more bang for their buck we'll be working a lot of muscle groups we'll be handling a lot of load it's a compound movement so usually you'll get more out of them but yeah don't really see the need to work front delts i've never done it myself to be honest uh, well, maybe when i was like first getting into the gym but i've never consistently done it and my my front delts are aren't weak i don't believe and next up is spider curls so spider curls people might have different names from them but what i'm talking about or referring to is when you see people lie on a like an incline bench chest down and then do like a bicep curl on it and the problem with doing this lies is you don't get a lot of range of motion so the reason why you don't get a lot of range of motion is because of the position of your body means when you curl it you can't really get a lot of weight on your bicep in that stretched position the position when your arms basically straight uh, you don't really load your bicep in that position and you don't load it when it's getting slightly bent it's only it's only when it's get your arms getting pretty bent that you'll start loading your tricep no sorry loading your bicep and getting weight on your bicep so for this reason i don't think it's an amazing exercise or one that we need to do so if if let's say you wanted to choose an exercise one movement to build your biceps it definitely wouldn't be this one for that reason of lack of range of we also know that we basically build muscle base in the stretched position meaning when our arm is out straight during a bicep curl for example and when our elbow is in line or behind our body well behind our body if you want to be in a fully stretched position what that tells us is basically the spider curl is doing the opposite for it it's helping us fully contract or fully squeeze the muscle or fully shorten it and the the reason why 
this I wouldn't recommend doing this for your one bicep movement. It's like I said, it doesn't put it in the stretch position. So you could argue, right, I'm doing it to load the contracted position, load the squeezed position, that sort of thing. But what I'd argue is you can probably load that position with movements that have a larger range of motion. Like uh, maybe like a cable curl or maybe just lifting your elbows at the end of a dumbbell bicep curl or a easy bar bicep curl, that sort of thing. If let's say you've got an arm day and you want to do a movement that loads the shortened position of your bicep or fully contracts your bicep, you could say it's, it's not not the worst movement. You could do it, you could justify it. There is pros to it, there's benefits to it which are it keeps your body nice and still because you're on a uh, bench, you're on a chest support so you can't cheat and use momentum on it. So that could be uh, a pro to it, something good about it. But yeah, I wouldn't make it your one bicep movement. And in terms of what would load your bicep in that stretch position, like I said, a movement where you're having tension on your bicep when it's straight and when your elbow is behind your body. So if you've ever seen someone do a cable bicep curl, a dual cable bicep curl, when they're standing away from the cable machine with D-handles and they're curling it, they're keeping the elbows behind their body, that's a great movement to do. That will train your bicep through a very large range of motion in the stretch position and it's got tension on your bicep throughout the whole movement. And uh, also things like a high incline uh, dumbbell curl where you're like sitting on a bench and then you're curling the weight, keeping your elbows back, that's another great alternative as well uh, that you can perform if you don't really have a cable machine where you train or if the cable machine's always busy. Another good alternative to do. But like, yeah, like I said, there there could be benefits to doing the spider curl, that sort of movement. But for your being your bread and butter movement for building your biceps, for being your main movement for building your biceps, I would not say it's a great one to choose. So next up, any body weight machine pull down or standing row type thing, I'm not a big fan of. So what what I basically mean is when you see people potentially do any sort of like back movement on the cable pulley when they've not got a bench to support them, when they've not got a, a when they're not sitting on the seat with the pads on your leg, like if you're not an actual pull down machine, if you're just using the adjustable cables and you're doing back movements on there. Most of the time, 90% of the time, it's going to be pretty poor to build your back. And the reason being is, you you can't get reasonably strong, you can't get a decent level of strength without stability becoming an issue. And what I mean by this is, if you think about, right, let's say you do a row, a standing row, and you are doing that on the cable system. And you're standing upright, you'll row it, and then you'll just, go forward, you will not be able to stay in the same spot because you can't balance well. Uh, yes, you could argue, right, I'll take a staggered stance, I'll put one foot forward, I'll lean back. Leaning back will change how the movement is, meaning what muscle groups will be worked. Having a staggered stance, yes, it'll work for some time, but when you get reasonably strong at it, it is not going to be able to work. So you've got a lack of progressive runway, in other words, just due to pulling you forward. So instead, here you could use a chest support from a bench so what I mean by this is you could 
use like a you could get a bench you could set it up for like a high incline or make it upright set the bench so it's facing away from the cable system and then do a row variation on the bench or even seated will be better than standing but still some seated ones have their flaws but yeah if you can do it on a bench with the chest support facing up it means you don't have to focus on keeping your body still using your core using your legs to keep you still because you're probably not wanting to do a cable movement on a machine as a compound movement so why are we making ourselves do what we need to do during a compound movement which is stabilize ourselves and use other muscle groups in our body doesn't make much sense to me. so yeah chest support is a great idea on a bench or you can use a just a pull down station and or like a pull down machine to perform the movement obviously this depends on what movement you're doing there's a lot of movements you can choose from uh, but yeah you also see the single arm cable roll which is a very popular movement where someone attaches a d-handle and they are like kneeling or on the bench and they pull the elbow towards their hip so yeah if you're doing this kneeling again you've not got a lot of room to progress it unless you're doing it when you're very fatigued or your muscles very tired at the end of your session because weight will be lighter but yeah not a big fan of doing movements like that on the machine or on the pulley system sorry another movement that doesn't make a lot of sense while it's on my head is when you see people kneeling between the cable system or kneeling between the pulleys and also like do a pull down if that makes sense so their hands are out either side to them reaching up and then they pull it down towards their sides so this won't put you in a good position if you're standing or if you're kneeling in between the cables because your lat you it will feel good you'll get a good squeeze but getting a good squeeze doesn't always mean an exercise is effective for many reasons take the spider curl for example it's got lack of range of motion and not that not that i'm saying 100 percent never should you never ever do it but i think you get the drift there's probably better movements to do for your meat and potato movements for your main movements so yeah when you do that you're not really being able to take your lat for a large range of motion uh, the muscle that runs down uh, it basically starts just basically at your shoulder and then runs down to basically the bottom of your back it covers such a large space but yeah you'll feel a good squeeze when you do it but you won't be able to basically train your lat very effectively and Next up, sumo deadlifts. So sumo deadlifts are a movement that quite a lot of people believe they train your glutes. Uh, yes, you feel your glutes, but I don't think it will train them very well or doesn't really train any muscle group very well. So if you Google a sumo deadlift, watch someone do a sumo deadlift, look at their range of motion, look at every single joint, look at their, look at their range of motion. So your knee will bend to maybe about 90 degree, maybe less. You'll see your hips go back. You bend a bit at the hips, but not a ton. And your hips don't go very far behind you. And when you do it, you don't bend over a ton as well. You stay relatively upright. And all these things meaning they're not going to be great for your muscle, for building muscle. Meaning your, your knees aren't very bent, so it's not going to work your quads well. Your hips aren't going very far back so it's not going to put a lot of tension on your glutes you're not going to be bending your hips a ton which means again a lack of range of motion from the glutes 
you're not going to be training your back very well because you're not very bent over. There's little range of motion for every muscle group, to be honest. So it uses a lot, yes, but doesn't bias any or it doesn't, not isolate, sorry. It doesn't work any to a good degree. So it's like just moving weight to A to B. Like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cover I'll cover another movement for another episode. Uh, but, yeah, we're not really moving much of a range of motion in any muscle group, so that's not going to be ideal for muscle growth because we want to ideally be taking our muscles through a large range of motion is a good rule of thumb if we want to build muscle. And when doing so, we want to be putting those muscles usually in the stretched position. Or that's usually, that's where we build muscle best. That in the middle of the position of the muscle. And if you don't understand what I mean, sorry for those that do, but I don't want to just like gloss over something and not explain it very well for people that may not. A straight, like what I mean by stretch position if, is if you, let's say you put your bicep down to your side or your arm down by your side. That's your arm, that's your bicep muscle in the stretch position. You just pretend you're curling a dumbbell and squeeze your bicep, that's it, in somewhat of a shortened position. Lift your elbow up more, you'll feel a better squeeze, that's because your your bicep is now fully shortened. So it's the length a muscle is, because a muscle can get shorter and longer, depending on what position we're training it in. And like I said, we want to be doing this for a large range of motion, it doesn't really do that during the sumo deadlift. And... As well as that, we get a lot of fatigue from the sumo deadlift. So what I mean from fatigue is physical and mental tiredness we get from training. That happens during all training. So any movement will give you some sort of fatigue. But when we're using more weight, when we're using more body parts, the fatigue is going to be higher. So if you think about it, since we're not doing or since we're not training any muscle for a large range of motion, we're going to be able to use more weight while being not very effective so that means it's gonna give us a lot of fatigue because we're using a lot of muscle groups a lot of weight and a little range of motion so we're gonna get a lot of fatigue from that movement and fatigue we we shouldn't we shouldn't basically run from it or pretend it's not there but we shouldn't do movements that are super fatiguing without much reward like i said so what we could yeah what i basically mean by that is it's not going to be effective for the amount of fatigue it generates. It's going to have a poor stimulus to fatigue ratio, which basically means the stimulus, meaning the effects you get from it, isn't going to be worth the the fatigue that we get from the exercise because fatigue makes us perform poorer on other movements, which is why we need rest days, which is why we need to have good sleep to recover. So someone might argue, but I feel my glutes very well in this. I feel them great. And yes, you may feel your glutes well, but again, because you feel your muscle well doesn't mean it's working. So when we think about a top of the sumo deadlift, you are basically driving your hips forward. You're going to be squeezing your, like you're going to get a good squeeze in your glutes there. But in that position, when we think about it, we've not got a lot of tension in any muscle group because our joints are stacked basically. And when your joints are stacked, it's like, an example of how that means we've not got a lot of weight on us is think about uh like a a log, right? If you set a log right, bit of a weird example, <laughs> bear with me, it might make sense anyway. 
let's let's say stood a log upright, so it is you know what I mean, nice and tall. When it's nice and tall, you could put like weight on top of the log, and it's not gonna fall because it's stacked, it's upright. If that makes sense. Whereas if you start pushing it over and it's no longer upright, then it's gonna fall with that weight on it. I don't know if that makes sense, but another exercise in the gym that could maybe make sense is think about a dumbbell press. Think about the top of a dumbbell press. We've not got a lot of weight on any muscle group at the top because our joints are stacked. Meaning the dumbbell is on top of our wrist, which is on top of our elbow, which is on top of our shoulder. Meaning they're all in line, which means there's not a lot of tension. Whereas when you think about it, let's say you lower the dumbbell, it, it becomes outside your shoulder, it means there's going to be tension on you. Or let's say you, instead of holding the dumbbell right above your shoulder, let's say you're doing it lying down, then take the dumbbell out to wider than your shoulder. It's going to be extremely hard to hold if it's a heavy dumbbell. So that's because your joints are no longer stacked that you can feel that tension. So yeah, uh, hope that makes sense. And again, any questions on these movements or what movements you could do instead, please let me know and I'll happily answer them. But a good alternative to a sumo, sumo deadlift is basically any, any other deadlift. Uh, I don't think it's got much of a place for muscle growth. But yeah, hope uh, this helped. Again, any questions, please let me know. Any move, any topics you would like me to cover, also please let me know. And I appreciate everyone's support on the podcast. It means an absolute ton. We're now sitting at... 791 downloads when i checked this morning which is really exciting so we're nearly at a thousand so yeah uh, any like i said anything you'd like to see covered please let me know but hope everyone has a great day and thank you very much for listening leave me a like rating and review depending on what you're listening to the podcast on